So, I know last week we talked about Scooby-Doo and his WrestleMania mystery, but let's consider that an anomaly, because this week we're capping off our extended look at women's wrestling, and we're going to do it with a bang. See, we're going to talk about what would have to be, by just about any metric, the biggest match in the history of women's wrestling. In the main event of WrestleMania 35, the biggest show of the biggest wrestling company in the world, Becky Lynch went to war against second-generation prodigy Charlotte Flair and mainstream megastar Ronda Rousey. But the real story lies in how Becky fought for that spot every step of the way as the company that was promoting her tried everything in its power to give someone else her hard-earned spotlight. Spoiler, it didn't work. This week on I Hate Wrestling, it's Becky Lynch. The man comes around. I gotta, I gotta watch more of that one too. I, I have a list of shows okay. I want to show. Matt Sleepy Hollow is on it. At least the, only season one. <laughs> y- yeah, season one. But I think he would enjoy some elements of it. Um, so Matt also showed me the homework, by the way. Oh yeah, we should probably start talking about stuff that's relevant, huh? So I got to, I just got a crash course well, in uh, the history of Charlotte Flair's uh, rhinoplasty. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything plasty, really. I don't know how she wrestles with those boobs. Well, hold on. Let's let's maybe I introduce. I was like impressed. Let's maybe introduce the players. Okay. Latoya, welcome back to the show. <laughs> oh, no. are, are we recording? Yeah. We've been recording. We can we can take out whatever you want to take out. We've been recording the entire time. Well, I stopped recording about uh, thirteen minutes ago just to check the levels, and y'all just kept going. So here we are. <laughs> levels look great, by the way. Great. Hello. Hi. Uh, also, uh, also, Tara is here for Hi, this it's me. journey into mystery. That's a weird thing to say. Well, I I like this because um, Matt and Latoya met through through me. Yes, so this, this is, is true. a nice bridger. Yes, and also the three of us have not really spoken since WrestleMania, which WrestleMania. is sort of WrestleMania. You know, when you go through WrestleMania thirty five with somebody, it's kind of like being in Vietnam with someone? Technicolor <laughs> Vietnam. Yeah. Those battle scars. It's our it's our These own battle scars. <laughs> it's our own version of MASH. Yes. Suicide by hot dog is painless. <laughs> I had it I had like a foot and a half long hot dog there. It ruled. Oh. They ran out of them because I, I went to go <gasps> get uh, the food during uh, Roman and Drew, and I'm, they just like put two hot dogs together. I'm like, this is fine, I'm fine with this. <laughs> A real Frankenweenie. Yeah, oh, a Franken Frank. No, a Frankenweenie. Lean and Frank. Uh-huh. Let me have. Let me have this. You can have it. Let me have this. It was a hard day. Okay. Let me have this. We were all, all of us, yes. at WrestleMania 35. Yes. And we yes. saw the culmination of a like six month long journey on the part of 
Ms. Rebecca Lynch. Latoya and I were probably there for the whole thing, and you're just getting caught up, right, Tara? Yes. I did watch uh, a couple of little bits of matches and sort of promo reels today in preparation for this. I saw Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch kick the glass out of a cop car. And and what I said to Matt was, a bunch of 12-year-old girls discovered their bodies for the first time (laughs) watching these two women basically scissoring in the back of a cop car. It's true. It's true. Also... Ronda Rousey drove a car without hands. It was so good. <laughs> How did she do? <laughs> and don't forget Charlotte's bird walk. Don't yes. forget Rose bird walk. See, so my thought was when Matt was like, I really don't get how Ronda drove this car. I'm like, clearly there was someone like sitting in the passenger side, like maneuvering for her. But like in the world of this show, yes. I was like, oh, maybe in she like fiction. moved her wrists from like behind her back, like under herself and put them in the front so she right. could at least use her hands. Like the Beverly Hills cut. That happens in Beverly Hills Cop, right? Am I imagining that? I don't know. I just like, you know, you yeah, just yeah. like sort of yeah. pop them out from under your legs. Right. And, but then she came out of the car and her hands were still behind her back. So I'm like. Right. She just, this... she just like wiggled she probably, through. She like, used her teeth to like navigate the steering wheel. She was kind of like halfway there when, uh, when they pulled Becky away, actually. She yeah. Was, like halfway in the front already. Yeah, yeah. And they just did not grab her at all. This is one of those police cars that doesn't have any kind of barrier between the people being arrested and the people with guns in the front seat. Yeah. You know, and of course, the, the people you're, that are fighting, you always put them in the back seat together. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's I, a protocol. I have to say, the Metropol because uh, Matt pointed out that their badges say Metropolitan PD. The Metropolitan <laughs> PD, not not the greatest. Um, we they watched... were all sixteen years old. First of all, so not not a one of them has finished puberty. So we watched this whole arrest, which was very fun to watch. I really wish someone had put like the, the Benny Hill music, or the Benny Hill music, or the like, like just like a dueling banjos kind of, but like the fast. Yeah, Foggy Mountain Breakdown. Yes, sure. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. So it was that segment was fun, but it's kind of emblematic of how WWE took a story that was perfect and compelling in and of itself and managed to turn it into a spectacle that nobody really wanted or needed? Does that make sense? It's the point that it should have been a one-on-one match, basically, right? There we go. It should have been a one-on-one match. Everyone just wants to see this one match, but instead, not only have we added Charlotte, we've also added a whole bunch of other wacky shit when it should have just been point A to point B. The wacky shit... Well, in, in terms of the brawl, it belongs, that's for sure. But they're getting, they're getting like, slowly carted up the ramp, and Rhonda is, like, yelling, <laughs> my taxes pay your salaries? <laughs> yes, that's great. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. And she keeps, like, People's dropping crazy. down to the ground, like, going boneless like fucking Sean Don't Spencer. Don't go boneless on me, Sean. Don't go boneless. I think uh, what Matt is saying is that, so, there's one part of this where... Um, Charlotte is watching the two women who have already been cuffed, and she's like, what the fuck is going on? And Matt had said to me, oh, so what might make sense there is for her to just watch them get carted off, and then it's their thing. And then they maybe have some, like, spat in the 
you know, in the room where you have these cop cars and, and then they set up the final, like, main event match. But then Charlotte's just like, I'm just going to start kicking some police officers. As if Vince <laughs> just, like, sidled up to her and was like, okay, we're going to make you part of this too. Go. Like, she completely inserts herself in there when it could have just ended with her being like, I come off looking like the better person in this. Right. And- I will defend that moment just because uh, that that's Charlotte's entire character. It's like, she inserts herself places she shouldn't, basically. She was fine, and then she decided she's gonna, like, play around with them, pretty much, and then the cops are like, we'll arrest you too. So now she's part of it. That's the thing. Charlotte can't help herself, but it's, which is really the best part of her being involved in the storyline. That's the part that makes sense. Charlotte can't help but get involved. Right. Even when no one wants her around. There's a second word Triple H is talking down to Becky, and you have Charlotte, like, again, trying to insert herself into this while the boss is talking to his employee. Like, just like, leave them be. There's no reason for you to do this, but that's that's Charlotte's character. I will give him that. I'm just saying that the inclusion of Charlotte and the fact that she does this, it, it's perfectly in line with the whole storyline, but that's why I'm saying that this brawl perfectly encapsulates, you know, WWE is a master of fixing what ain't broken. Mm-hmm. And it's so rare that they find something that ain't broken. Mm-hmm. And then they, 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 have to, they have to get their hands all over it. It's oh. actually even crazier because it all, it all starts, like, the shift to... The, the everything being a mess when they insert Charlotte into the match for no reason, really, when you had the obvious point where she was technically the winner of the Royal Rumble, Becky wasn't supposed to be in the match. There Correct. you go. That's your reason to get Charlotte in the match. There you go. Right. If they you need to put all, Charlotte ever. in the match at all, yes. But then they yeah. do the thing where, okay, well, Becky did win the Royal Rumble, but now we're going to suspend her indefinitely so we're going to add Charlotte, but then Becky is also going to get added back into the match. The insanity of it is, you knew what you were going to do. Everybody knew, like, none of these moves were unexpected. I mean, I guess they were unexpected in that nobody thought they needed to happen, but they didn't add anything to the story. It seems like they owed Charlotte something. Like, you know, when Becky was on the rise, Charlotte seems like either went to management or management went to her and they're like, look, so this thing is really burning up. And if we don't give Becky some time and some screen time, like they're just going to turn on us and we're going to maybe lose people. So we have to do this, but we will keep you in it. The main event was supposed to be originally Charlotte versus Rhonda. Yes. Yes. Here's the thing. And I I like Charlotte. um, But the thing is, Charlotte is not the most popular of the four horsewomen by a long shot. She's probably just above Bailey now, and that's only because they've ruined Bailey with booking. The thing is, though, she's she's great, but again, because she is a flair, they they want to make her like distinguish her as the top woman, even though both Becky and especially Sasha are favored by the fans. They they sell more merch. Like Sasha, I, I feel like was the top merch seller of the women, probably before Becky like really got on fire. I think uh, I think you're right. They clearly wanted Charlotte as the face of the quote-unquote women's revolution. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who gets the match with Nikki Bella, right? Yeah. Who's going to be the figurehead of the previous era. And while we're going forward with with uh, Charlotte, that's when we get the we want Sasha chance. Endless we want Sasha chance. Sasha was probably the most over woman on the roster, despite the fact that she was not booked. 
they kept her off TV for so many months during that era. And right. again, the We Want Sasha chance. Right. So this is a pattern that is recognized by the fans. You know, WWE doesn't give their fans a lot of credit, and a lot of times neither do I, but it's not a hard pattern to pick up. People notice when their favorites are being ignored and their voices are being ignored in favor of somebody who is not objectively bad, but, you know, they're seeing more of this person than they would like to. It's the, it's the John Cena, Roman Reigns question. Which is oversaturation. Oversaturation. Like and how Taylor Swift, who's also a blonde like Charlotte, gets that. People are like, get the fuck away from us for a while. We're seeing you too much. We're, we're seeing too many paparazzi photos of you. We're seeing that. Charlotte, to me, um, I commented to Matt as we were sort of watching the homework, it's funny that, but it's good, that Becky is this, in a lot of ways, slightly othered thing. Like, she's an immigrant. She's not an immigrant from like a refugee country, but she's still, she's not American by, you know, by birth. She's coming in, she's a redhead, which again is something that somehow gets maligned in the world. So she's got these othered, slightly othered traits, and she's going after Charlotte, who does read as like all-American, dynasty, legacy, maybe a little bit nepotistic, and it really does seem like people like the fact that Becky is maybe knocking this person down a few pegs because right. this person maybe represents something they don't like in wrestling or in the world of like, oh, look at this girl who probably grew up with money and, you know, has the flair name and it was probably not as hard for her to get, you know, to get into this as opposed to Becky who may have had to fight for it more. Yeah. Becky's got more of an edge. She's more approachable. You know, maybe she's not wealthier. She probably is now, but like she probably wasn't, you know, just starting out. I thought that was a really interesting dynamic. It's yeah. also interesting then that they're friends. Yeah. We're best friends. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I like that, that behind the scenes, like, they, they have found stuff in common. Like, I think that's really cool. It just seems that from the fans' perspective, like, when Becky turns on Charlotte, they're all like, yeah, like, take oh, yeah. her down. We want something new. Right. Because Charlotte, again, was, like, inserted into a match she didn't earn. She won yeah. one match coming back from her, her, her breast rupture, as we were discussing. How that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. No. I said it was and something with implants. I was like, she probably had to get her like 10 year saline update because otherwise that shit pops. To your point, I do want to talk about the heel turn that wasn't. <laughs> God, that, that was uh, yeah. boarded but, a heel temp if ever there was one. But I, I want to talk about that. But I also want to say, to your point, a lot of the language that they use around Charlotte bow down to the queen. Uh, genetically superior. Genetically superior. Whoa, that's no. Born better. No, is is does the E in WWE stand for eugenics? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I don't. I think that's why people were so excited to see something new coming in, and even with Ronda, like, you know, there is an element of not nepotism, but like she got in through an alternate route. Like, it well, was, she didn't start from the bottom, right? I mean, but her her mom knew. was also, like, a gold medalist in judo. Ronda's mom? Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't so, know that. So she's she's very similar to Charlotte in that respect. So maybe that's where some people, like, people are more sympathetic to, to Becky, it seems, sometimes. But, yeah. I see, I, I Be enjoy Ronda's character yeah. mostly. I just like a woman in a leather jacket. <laughs> that, that has been all three of them at different times. It's still just something that oh. feels a little different. So I think that's why a 
just in my layperson opinion here. I think that's why a main event between Rhonda, who's something, you know, kind of new, she's not entirely a legacy, because she's not, like, Roddy Piper's kid, you know? She's no. taking on that mantle, but she's not, like, hey, um... You right. know, she's coming in from a different sport, and she probably had to do a lot of training to integrate herself with yes. wrestling moves and, mm-hmm. you know... Yep. Oh, um, you know, and Becky, who's also something very fresh and new. That's an interesting point. We're going through it. We're going down a lot of different avenues here because there's so many different things to talk about. But to your point, Rhonda and Charlotte were both naturals at this. How long has Charlotte been wrestling? Like five years total? Yeah, it's... Oh, wow. Long. I'm surprised to hear that. And Yeah, she didn't uh, plan to be a wrestler. Right. And, yeah. and Rhonda's been wrestling one year? Like, exactly? Yeah. Hmm. And Becky's, what, like, 15? Oh, wow. So she's really been plugging away at it. Yeah. And I know that yeah, she's gone through... Uh, she was retired for uh, a few years, but oh. then she came back for NXT. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. So Becky... I'm looking at my book now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Becky, so she started in 2002, and then she retired, actually, because of undisclosed head injury in oh. 2008. Oh, and then she came, like, came back out of nowhere in 2013 when she like, signed with NXT. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how old is she that she's been doing this for so long? She looks early, very young. Early 30s. She's early 30s, yeah. Oh, okay, so she's been doing it since, like, like she's, 15. She yeah. was, uh, wow. yeah, 15. Finn Balor trained her. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. When he was, like, 16. <laughs> yeah. And I looked, so I looked in your book, and Matt and I were talking, we sat in a car one day, and we had your book, and I was, like, looking through all of it, and seeing who Matt knew of, and his opinions on them, and I looked at Becky, and I was like, oh, wow, like, she's had some, I guess she had some, like, rough years of, like, figuring out the look, because I, I love her look now, I think her look is super cool, I love her costumes, like, the leather, and the, oh. the bright hair, and the braids, like, she looks really cool, I also love Rhonda's costuming, mm-hmm. Charlotte Flair's costuming is not... You would think I would love it because it's, like, tacky mm-hmm. as hell. Mm-hmm. But compared to those two, I'm like, yeah, they look great. I love this little weird kilt that Rhonda wears. I love the kilts. Are, are, I love it. As far it's as a Roddy Pipe, uh, Piper homage. Yeah. I love the kilt. No. I'm very into it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy one for myself. It's a mini kilts. <laughs> the bad, the bad fashion era Becky. Are we talking about... It's like a river the, dance. She did like a river okay, dance? Okay, so there were a number of bad Becky fashion choices. There oh, was, tell me please. There was this is what su- I'm here for. Super steampunk Becky where her hair was like... That's original face turn Becky and I see. Blinding orange. Okay. Yeah. Did and, she wear a little steampunk goggles? Yeah, yes. That's when she, yeah, it's when she she revealed the red hair because she was still like the the brown, like the auburn. Right. Oh, hair. interesting. That was, that was the official face turn at that takeover. Like, yeah, yeah, carrot... Carrot orange hair and little ladybug flaps. Oh, yes, I remember weird. those. She was big on flaps. She had like little flaps on her back and little flaps on her. Oh, not tassels. Tassels are a. She made it work though. She made it work. Yeah, but you didn't have to make that work. Nobody told you to put <laughs> flaps. <laughs> um, and then before that, there was the weird uh, river dancing Becky Lynch, which just feels too ethnic. Like yeah. it's it, that's well, very. She's lucky. She's lucky Did she didn't ever... get hornswoggled. Uh, Becky said that was her idea, and it actually started um, a promo class. It was her and Becky doing a river dance off. And honestly, Charlotte was better at river dancing than Becky was. <laughs> Charlotte, it seems like, is, is talented. Like, it doesn't yeah. seem like her presence she... there is entirely unearned. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Uh, Becky said that the reason she, she chose that gimmick is because 
knowing WWE, they would have given her to her. So I was like, I'll just do it so we can see how bad it is and get it over with. That's very interesting. smart. Interesting. I I think that's very shrewd. That's very interesting. Yeah. Huh. She knew. She knew what was up. Yeah. Now, so now her gimmick is the man, which I I, I have differing feelings on. On one hand, I love it, and on the other hand, I'm like, you should be the woman. You should uh, but, be the I mean, woman. The whole thing, because obviously Charlotte uh, loved, loves her, her dad, and his whole thing was, to be the man, you have to beat the man, and well, Becky's done beat Charlotte numerous times. Oh, that's where it, is that yeah. where it came yeah. from? It's a Ric Flair yeah. thing. Oh, that makes it so much cooler to me. Yep. It's, oh, that's really cool. And that, I like that because it, it involves their sort of long-term yep. friendship, enemies, yep. fighting, fighting together plot. And oh, that's very interesting. And how she, he, she used Charlotte Flair and the legacy that Charlotte uses to get a leg over on everybody else. And Becky is trading on that legacy for her own character oh, development. Oh, that's really cool. Okay, so now I, I've yep. completely come around. She also it. used oh. it to, she also totally cucked Seth Rollins who tried to get himself uh, over as boo. the man. Yeah. Her boo. Yeah. Oh, she, she confirmed it today, apparently. Yes, she so. did. What did she say? Uh, it was just uh, like a photo or something? No, no, no. She, uh, Beth Phoenix had made like a comment, uh, and it was like talking about uh, Edge or something, and she's like, uh, so are we something something about our men? And she's like, I'll ask Seth, basically. Oh, interesting. And you you think this is legit and like not a work? Oh. Yeah. Oh, it is. People like actually they like snap pictures of them at a concert, and they were like, "Yeah." yeah. I talked about this in a previous in a previous episode. I think I cut all the references out, but I kind of put Seth Rollins on blast for being like a thirty four year old man who took his very beautiful and successful girlfriend to a Taking Back Sunday show. <laughs> I mean, he's in the age range to actually want to go to a Taking Back. <laughs> yeah, like it's, uh, it's it does. Like, come on. It and it's Seth Rollins, sense. so it tracks, but... And also, it was like a Taking Back Sunday concert in L.A. I'm like, why wasn't I there? <laughs> probably would Yeah, probably would have been fun. But also, yeah. in, the, in those those paparazzi photos, Becky is wearing a very large pant. Oh, like a, like a Jinko <laughs> jean? Yeah, they're not, they're, not a, they're not a denim. They're maybe like a very large corduroy, like a parachute corduroy situation. Oh, maybe she's wearing like a palazzo pant. I okay. could be a palazzo I, like, pants. Like the nineteen forty style ones that I have? Yeah, but they're low they're low cut. I, I do want to get back to the topic at hand, but before we do that, I do have to say, if we're gonna talk about Becky Lynch on social media, we have to talk about the most important story in all of social media this week, which is Big E becoming <laughs> sexually obsessed with Becky Lynch's mom. I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> Okay, so Big E, who I'm familiar with, I know who Big E is. He is is Becky Lynch's mom a snack? She is. Yeah. Is she like a because she's Irish? Is she like a, I saw like some a toasty? Like old pictures of her mom. Like, <laughs> damn. Oh yeah, yeah. She damn, looks. Girl. She looks exactly like Becky when she is younger. So how did this happen? She's how did like you a... find these? Like. <laughs> so Becky posted a photo with her mother. Oh, okay. And with the hashtag like. The man and the ma. Oh, that's cute. Right, like and that. and Biggie was into it, and then the photos of Becky's mom in like a sexy harp calendar. Is that a thing they have in Ireland? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I just her mom. I think her mom was a model. Like, yeah, well, me, a harp model. Well, let me just bring up this this photo here, and you'll 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 get what's what's up with the ma. I'll see it. Podcasts, a visual medium. That's right. Thank you, June. <laughs> We've decided that I'm the June of of this podcast. I see it. I'm I the June it. Diane Raphael of this space. Um, so we recorded 
um, or Matt recorded an episode with, I don't know if you know Jason Burke. Jason Burke is fabulous and wonderful. I don't. Oh, wow, she's so pretty. And they did the Scooby-Doo um, episode, and then I couldn't make it, so Matt brought me in for, like, 20 minutes to record my <laughs> takes, a la June, when she's yeah. too busy with Grace and Frankie. Um, so, okay, I've just seen Becky Lynch's mom, who's, yeah, she's, like, a cute little number. She's a cute little number. I, I get it. Let's Let's just rewind right quick to the beginning of this, which is, she was the first... SmackDown Women's Champion. The inaugural SmackDown Women's Champion. The first draft pick of SmackDown back then, too. She had, like, a nice little run. She was champion for a couple months, and then I think she loses it to Bliss, right? Uh, Yes, in the La Luchadora saga. Yeah, she loses it to Bliss, and then uh, there's the Naomi-Alexa Bliss feud, and then Becky essentially goes into oblivion for, like, two years. She doesn't really do anything of consequence. And then... In the summer of 2018, or is it late spring, she's on a, an upswing, and she has a fairly long-term story where she is building momentum and getting these wins, and she is working her way up to challenging the current champion, who was Carmella. And she beats Carmella in a non-title match, and earns the right to challenge Carmella for the SmackDown Women's Championship at SummerSlam 2018. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that Charlotte gets inserted into the match. Yeah, Charlotte comes back, has one match uh, against Carmella, beats her, and she's put into the match after Becky had to go through numerous wins to get this match. Like months, Carmella. yeah. And it's there's no real narrative. It's just like, oh, and now we're changing up our typical MO and putting Charlotte in? Like, is that sort of how it... So, obviously, Becky's excited to see her friend back, but after she wins this match against Insert, it's like, well, you know, every woman for themselves. You know, may the best woman win. That's what happens. Okay, that's fair. Right. You can tell that Becky is pissed about it, because she's like, it's just one more hill I'm going to have to climb, but I'm going to climb it. Becky is on the climb. It's going to be an uphill battle. I don't know the re- any of the other lyrics. <laughs> There's something about the other side, and then it's the climb. It is the climb. And... Is there a mountain involved? In there's, the yeah, it's like, yeah, there's something with a mountain. <laughs> there's always going to be another mountain. She has to move. There is like oh, something and got to make it move. Podcast. Something, something, <laughs> king of the mountain. It's the climb. Yes. She faces off against Carmella. Charlotte is also there. By the way, how much more fun would this franchise be if it was instead of Carmella, it was Edie Falco as <laughs> Carmella Soprano? If we could just get Edie Falco in there and get her some get her some training. This is why I'm here. To just add like these Falco bits would to this. Fucking kick ass as a wrestler. Edie Falco right is up. like a tough broad. She survived cancer. Like she's she's tough. She was Nurse Jackie. She's That's like right. she's also super hot. Which seems yeah. like they you know, it seems like they want they like it's not hot in the way Bitch Mammoth thing is hot though. So. No. No. Um it seems like even if so, I'm understanding today. I'm learning that they went from this divas era to this era of like the woman. Like it's a more, it's a tougher, maybe a less flashy. Yeah, it's like something a little more earned, a little less frivolous. Maybe I don't know. Um, Edie Falco, I think, would be great for that. However, it does seem like the the woman in the woman's revolution still has to be like extremely good looking, in a conventional way. Yes. 
Not in a, like, me having a devotion to mid-40s actresses kind of way. <laughs> like, none of these women to me are hotter than, like, Patricia Clarkson. I get that. Thank you. Thank you for- Matt's giving me a look, but thank you, LaToya, for validating <laughs> this for me. <laughs> Tammy Wan is a goddess. But yeah. Anyway, Edie Falco um, for Carmella. Let's, why don't we bring in Edie Falco as Carmella's mom? That would be fun. You could tag him Just up. as a little, like, oh, do they do... Okay. Have well, their... now we have to recast the rest of them. If we're recasting Carmella, we have to recast Charlotte and Becky. Let's do it. Okay. Um, I'm just saying Nicole Kidman for, uh, for Becky. There we go. Oh, fun. She would, she would really immerse herself in the role. I see that happening. Charlotte... Charlotte? Charlotte would be... It would have to be a tall blonde. Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> Liam Hemsworth. I'm trying to think of They're another. They're probably about like, the same size. I'm trying to think of another like a tall blonde actress in that sort of range. Um, Gwendolyn Christie. Oh, <laughs> yep. yeah, interesting. Go. I love Gwen. She should, I would just like to see her wrestle once. Like, if we have to have, like, Michael Che and Colin Jost do this, how about we put likable people in there? How about we have her and, like, Nikolai Coaster-Waldo do a match? It would be as fun to boo them as it was to boo Michael Che and Colin Jost. That was great. So, anyway. So, what I wanted to say was that (laughs) Charlotte wins this match. And WWE apparently thinks that people will be fine with this. Okay. And then... The entire match, by the way, they're booing Charlotte and they are cheering Becky. Yes. Yes. And Becky has the match won. She has the match won. Charlotte sneaks in, hits her from behind, pins her, and wins the championship. She pins Becky. She she doesn't pin Carmella, which at least would have been... People would have been happy because Carmella is the one getting beaten. But specifically, she beats her best friend. Yes, she beats her best friend, and then Becky hugs her, which is kind of a... Yes, but Becky hits her, and it's sort of a play on this thing that they started back in NXT, which is, after a hard-fought match, members of the Four Horsewomen will hug each other to show that, hey, we're all in this together, and, you know, the important thing is this movement that we're creating, right? And Becky turns that moment on its head by then punching Charlotte in the face to thunderous applause. (laughs) (laughs) Applause! (laughs) (laughs) Then that is probably, that was 100% the biggest pop of that show. Yes. And people... Also very much a Batista, you were supposed to be my friend moment. Yes. And... People are 1,000% behind Becky, and WWE's like, no, you like Charlotte. You feel bad for what happened to Charlotte. And people are like, we don't. To the point that Charlotte is crying on television, and people are chanting, you deserve it. You deserve it. (laughs) Real quick, are we going to talk about the uh, aborted heel attempt after, like, a week? Yes, absolutely. Because after that attack, obviously, so Becky comes out to um, give her promo about why she did what she did. Mm-hmm. And obviously, everyone supports her. We know this. Everyone's pro Becky, anti Charlotte in this. And then, after all this time, like the promo they do is like the most. It's like it's not going to work. She starts doing the heel "you people" promo about like how you people didn't believe in me and everything. Mm-hmm. The most like no one like no 
no one buys this because if there's one wrestler who had the people support, it was Becky Lynch. You couldn't even like fake that. And everyone was even saying it. Every like veteran wrestler, every fan's like, come on, this is, this makes no sense. You're you've captured lightning in a bottle with this character. Like go ahead. Yeah, it so seems they stop the, the you people stuff where it goes like it's basically Becky Lynch and the fans against the world, but like she's still technically kind of heel, but like she she loves the fans at least. It seems like the audience made Becky. Like, they probably just brought her out a little bit as one of, like, many people that they would have maybe pitched Charlotte or Ronda against on the way to the main event. But the audience was just like, who is this? Like, oh, she's really giving us something interesting. So then for them to do a you people heel turn makes no sense because Vince and management and the writers were probably not planning to put Becky in it as much as they have. So then for there to be a you people, it's like, no, the audience is pushing this person forward and you guys have to react to it. Otherwise you're going to lose fans or you're going to just get people complaining about it a lot online. If like, I really don't want to watch this Charlotte match. I really want to watch Becky involved in this, this week. Yeah. Where is she? We want Becky chance during a match. Honestly, that's what will happen. Yeah. So you people seems just completely unfounded when, like, she probably walked out and everybody was like, yeah, it's Becky, we love her! Yeah, and they're probably chanting exactly. Becky while she's like, you all didn't believe in me. And everyone's like, Becky, Becky. Yeah, like, it, it's like, you're right, we suck! No, like, inside <laughs> stuff about wrestling, it's like, anyone who would, is watching just, like, as a straight-up fan, doesn't know anything behind, behind the scenes, it's like, how can you possibly say that the fans didn't believe in Becky Lynch? It's... It's just a straight lie, honestly. It's not even like a delusional heel thing. It's just like a lie. You're telling a lie. Yes. And then it probably makes her, I mean, it probably didn't affect her too much. She still has this huge fan base. But it would probably make that person, in theory, look ungrateful if they're like, oh, none of you believed in me. Well, meanwhile, her merchandise sales probably went through the roof and like people were following her on Twitter, probably in the tens of thousands in, you know, in reaction to her recent attention, like, it, it would just make that person look like a uh, like Constance Wu, if you will. <laughs> it's crazy because, like, that promo is, like, a real-time, the rare version of uh, a live audience reacting and, like, no, we disagree with this particular statement you're making right here because we love you. Right. It's, yeah, it, the audience is like, oh, no, we're not, we're not playing this game because, like, we've been ride or die for you. And it's one of those things where... Becky Lynch is very much an earned, beloved character because you go back to NXT during Four Horsewomen. She was actually like the one that was kind of like looked at as the bottom because they never really gave her like the characterization she has now or uh, like has had since being on the main roster. Where it was one of the things where that that takeover match, her versus Sasha, is the one that's the thing that like made her. She was she was considered like the, the also ran of the Four Horsewomen, mm. honestly. It's just nothing had clicked until that moment, and that was like that was her her star making moment in NXT. And then from then on, it's like, oh no, Becky Becky Lynch has the goods. Got it. Yeah, she's she's she earned all of that. And then for them for WWE to think they could just tell you, no, 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 you don't like her, is insane. You like Charlotte, right? It it reminds me of when Daniel Bryan got so over with the yes chance, and they just tried to give the yes chant to Big Show. Yeah, just like to other people are like, listen, oh, and don't forget Alberto Del Rio, C. Right, yeah, where they, something catches fire, but it's not the thing they want to catch fire, so they just try to give it to somebody else. Yeah, it's the argument Daniel Bryan wasn't over, the Yes Chant was over. Well, 
Yeah, nobody wanted to chant yes for Big Show or C for Alberto Del Rio. They wanted to chant yes for Daniel Bryan. It is a strange thing to pick up on. Usually in other forms of media, you know, you get like, you know, let's say an actor is a standout on a TV show. You, this is, if you have Steve Urkel saying, did I do that? And instead of putting Jaleel White in a commercial where he goes, did I do that? You just get (laughs) Christian Clemenson to go, did I do that? Frisco, did I do that? You know, you don't just take the catchphrase. It's not as funny if, like, okay, maybe it's funny if you got, like, Hillary Clinton to say, like, where's the beef? But, like, it's funny because that woman did it. What I was going to say was... I don't know why I'm going with old catchphrases. I don't know why I'm going with, like, 1987 catchphrases here. I just keep going Where's the beef? I was... My my example was going to be... My example was going to be fucking Happy Days because the, the breakout character is Fonzie. Yes. So what if... You know, Fonzie would come out, and the people who were making the show were like, great, people love Fonzie. The show's about Fonzie now. But what if, instead, Fonzie came out, and everybody freaked out, and then uh, Tom Bosley was like, settle down, everybody. Now Richie's coming out. You like Richie. It's the Richie show. (laughs) And then Richie comes out and goes, hey! Hey. (laughs) But it's Ron Howard's voice going, Hey. hey. Right. That's and that's what we're dealing with here. They've stumbled upon a marketable character and they're like, no, we don't want to market it. We think it's just the phrase or maybe the like something like the hair color or the costume or Right. Something old, that's uh, we, we said it already, it's the old John Cena thing of uh, like punk like CM Punk talked about it where it's like obviously other people are getting traction, but then you go to the merch stand and they have like a million John Cena shirts to sell and they have like maybe one, if any, of other people's shirts. Yeah. Well, how, how is anyone else supposed to sell if you stack the deck that high? Right. And then you can say, well, nobody else is moving merchandise like Cena, so we got to keep moving forward with Cena. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Charlotte. I don't know. This has always been Vince McMahon's idea, this one shining star who's the center yeah. of the universe of the show. And, and, and the thing with uh, also Charlotte's merch, like, you know what? I would buy some Charlotte merch if it was actually the Sasha version of her do it like a uh, like do it with flare shirt. If uh-huh. it was the Sasha version, I would buy that. I, so, I just look... Which, uh, apparently, uh, sorry, uh, but Charlotte didn't know that Sasha was going to do that, and she was very upset at the time. <laughs> looking at the merch, so I, when I was at WrestleMania, I was just looking at people wearing different pieces of clothing, and, you yeah. know, you had a bunch of different shirts for some of the male wrestlers. I saw, like, a ton of Becky stuff. I saw some Ronda stuff. I saw not a single thing that I discerned as Charlotte Flair, except one person who wore a Charlotte Flair costume. That was Ric Flair. i saw a girl wearing like the cape and the little short shorts and that was the only charlotte flair anything that i saw i did see a couple of ronda rousey or even just like rowdy t-shirts where clearly people had like a roddy piper shirt and they wanted to sort of wear it in support of ronda yeah i only saw one charlotte flair anything that you know stood out to me as like oh this is her merch it says flair on it or it has her photo or anything like that yeah because by the point by wrestlemania Charlotte, because of the insistence on Charlotte, she has become radioactive. Like, no one wants anything to do with Charlotte. Except that one girl who dressed up like Charlotte. Yes, except that one girl. (laughs) But despite the fact that WWE thinks that she's the marquee name here, that she's the one that people want to see, and that's why they're insisting on, you know, keeping her in this storyline. And speaking of Asuka, they completely 
cut Asuka off at the knees and give Asuka's championship to Charlotte, which she doesn't need a week before WrestleMania. I was... Well, yeah, and it gives them more, more heat, but not, like, this is not even the real heat they want. It's like, people actively hate Charlotte legitimately because they think that, you know, she's, like, pulling strings backstage, like, for real. That's what's happening here. That's what my like interpretation that. of this was. The weird thing is, Charlotte is not even it seems like was not even made hateable in a fun way where it was like, oh man, we're all going to watch her go down in WrestleMania. Like if anything, Rhonda maybe has a little bit of that where if people don't like her, like they want to see her sort of fought yeah. against and maybe they wanted Becky to beat her and yeah. that, you know, they just chose sides in a sort of evenly peered match. Where yeah, they want to see her get hers. Right. Yeah, where Charlotte was just like... There. Yeah, they were like, we don't need Charlotte. Like, it wasn't even like we hated her so much that we wanted to see her beaten. I think they people got what they wanted when they saw Becky turn on her, and that was the big moment of her getting some kind of comeuppance and being betrayed. To see it again without them giving Charlotte a lot of room for some kind of redemptive arc or, or even just to turn full heel. Right. And they didn't do that because they, they knew to focus more on Becky, it seems, which was smart. But then Becky gets hurt, and she get they just immediately slot Charlotte back, back in, in her in her spot. It, does work. it works, do but it I doesn't do work to have Becky hug her. That was that, not a good move. Yeah, especially with the way Becky is right th- uh, at that moment. Although uh, almost, I'm sure we'll talk about. It. Remember those like like a month or two of uh, them just being like, "What if we make Charlotte Becky's character? People will cheer her then, right?" Yeah, when they when all of a sudden Charlotte becomes hyper violent and aggressive. I mean, it was fun, it, but <laughs> it, she, I'm upset actually at WrestleMania that uh, her her boyfriend Ken McKendo's dick didn't make an appearance. <laughs> Ken <What>? McKendo's dick. <laughs> <laughs> she um it, uh, she busts out this Kendo stick, and she like I will appreciate the fact that Charlotte when. She gets that, like, psycho look in her eyes. It's, there's honestly nothing better. Yeah, she's, she like, gets that soul, from Rick. Her soul leaves her body. Yeah, she gets she gets that kind of uh, just glassy-eyed rage face from Rick. Yeah. And but she and she was swinging that kendo stick for the fucking fences. Like, oh, yeah. that was like uh, the rock at the Royal Rumble kind of chair shots, you know, where she's just, like, not caring what kind of damage she's doing to Ronda Rousey's body with that thing. Yeah, I was there for that. For that live, I was at because uh, that was in LA. That was uh, like Survivor Series in LA weekend, so that was really insane to see, and just, it was also insane to witness everyone reacting because, like, holy shit! Yeah, and one would imagine that was supposed to be Becky's spot, right? Yes, that was, that the... was supposed to be the end of it, and then they can move on to Ronda Charlotte. You know what would have been great? And this is just me what? spitballing. If you had, if you really wanted to do a three-way match at WrestleMania. Why not put three of who you might think of as the toughest fighters in there and put Asuka in there? If you really just wanted to set it up, Asuka, granted, is not going to be doing some Shakespearean arc of a lot of speechifying and the like, but... Of course the sun is her. Actually, the thing is, um, so they actually would have had a story to tell if they put uh, Asuka in there. Oh, the armbar thing. Ronda's debut, when she came out after Royal Rumble, was... Right after Oscar won the Royal Rumble, so she essentially stole Oscar's spotlight. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And there was a time when the Asuka... sun became Ronda. Yes. Oh. And Oscar was doing the armbar for a while as a finish, which is which is Ronda's signature move. Yeah. 
So they were doing the same finishing move. Oh. And there was a rumor for a while that they were considering having Rhonda be the one to break Asuka's streak. Oh. But it wound up being Charlotte, of course. Yeah. Gotta See, slot that in Charlotte. See, more interesting. I'm still very bummed that Asuka only did that... The uterus... Yeah, the uterus royale. cup, yeah. The battle royale, yes, yeah. thank you. And, again, there's a, ri- a ri- pre-written story because at the previous year... Asuka had lost her undefeated streak to Charlotte Flair. And now she's coming into WrestleMania one year later with the championship and could defend against Charlotte Flair. Can Charlotte do it again? Or can Asuka avenge the loss from the previous year and get her career back on track? Oh, so you're saying that could have been just under a main event. Like, that could have been its own thing. And then the main event could have been this two-way battle between Ronda and Becky. I would have probably enjoyed that. I would have probably had some, as someone, again, who was not as acquainted with this entire narrative... I would have been like, oh, you know, I really enjoy Asuka's work, but then me watching Charlotte in this, even if Charlotte won, I could probably get a sense of her talent and be like, oh, yeah, maybe I, like, enjoy something about this performer, too, or their wrestling style, or just recognize them as a capable performer. Um, I did not get that sense of Charlotte during the three-way match, because it was just like, why are you here? It was truly, like, letting a like a cute puppy loose in the ring. It was just like, like this thing is just here and it's kind of distracting to the eye, but you know, you're just like watching this thing kind of run around. It's like, what, what are you doing here? It's like we're putting the perspective in about how like Charlotte doesn't belong, but we, we have to talk a lot about Charlotte to explain why she didn't belong. Right. And part of what Becky's reacting to is this idea of plugging somebody in. And that's what, that's kind of what Rhonda's doing. They're plugging her in at the highest level, which is, in a way, one of the reasons we don't need Charlotte is because Rhonda is functioning as an improved Charlotte. You know, she's coming in with even more name recognition and star power than Charlotte. She's even more of a natural than Charlotte. She's a quicker study than Charlotte. She's gotten to jump over, you know, leapfrog even more people than Charlotte. And so she's in a way the super Charlotte and it, she makes more sense as the final antagonist for Becky. Yeah. It's just like that, uh, should be, uh, kind of sports in our interview. Uh, well, the interview itself was shitty, but the moment where they had the Chiron is like, it's like, um, you know, Becky Lynch, Royal Rumble winner, um, uh, Ronda Rousey, uh, Raw Women's champion. And then literally said Charlotte Flair, Ric Flair's daughter. She was the SmackDown Women's Champion at this time, too, so... Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And... That's pretty, that's pretty much kind of says what we've been saying. Yeah. It's, it's not that Charlotte, like, her only contribution is that she's Ric Flair's daughter, but it's just, like, she doesn't need to be in this match. Correct. And it's like, why is she here? Oh, right, because Ric Flair. Um, yeah. And also, uh, just one last thing I want to mention is that Ronda was originally supposed to be the babyface here. And yes. they decide to, at some point, turn her heel. And it's like night and day how much better she clicks as a heel than as a babyface, especially against Becky Lynch. So Rhonda, Matt, told me, was a really long-time wrestling fan. Like, she, this is something that she respects and wanted to be a part of. It wasn't just like a, oh, I'm just going to try this thing because it seems fun. Um... 
So it seems like she would understand the the importance or the potential lucrative opportunity of being a heel. Like, you would think that someone who is less committed to doing this would be like, no, I don't want to be a heel. I'm only here to look good and then I'm going to go into movies. Like, you know, some people would be really sort of opportunistic about this, but I do like that she was like, yeah, like, I'm going to be a part of this and if it, I, if I, if I have to, like, go bad, then I have to go bad. And, like, seems like she, it does seem like she's really good at doing that you know, antagonistic role, and it does kind of make sense, because then people could be like, oh, she, who does she think she is? She's coming in here, and she's acting all hot to trot, like, <laughs> it, you know, it's it's cool. I like that she wound up in the space that she was in, because I think if she just came in and she was like, everyone loved her instantly, and it would, I don't know, I think it would just be kind of boring. Uh, yeah. I think it, I think it works for her. I think she's like, I think she's good at... Yeah. It just seems like she, it works for her as opposed to just being like, I don't know, her being the underdog, it doesn't necessarily make sense because she does have enough yeah. training and fame. You have to kind of come in with people going like, who the fuck do you think you are? You're just going to join our thing? They're expecting because of her name that, that she would be cheered over Becky, but it's like, well, these no. are like hardcore wrestling fans who were here. Of course they're going to chant for Becky. Especially... Yep. With the story you've been telling with her. Yeah, and especially because, you know, she has sort of mixed reviews, and this is all going to be cut out, uh, she has mixed reviews in her MMA career, because some people really liked her and were like, holy shit, this girl's amazing, and then some people didn't like her attitude or whatever, which of course she completely embraces in the use of, like, yeah, bad reputation as her always- song. Yeah, people always pretend, like, because, you know, it's MMA. Like, they use so many fucking wrestling elements. It's like, they're they're playing characters, too, when they're not in the octagon. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. It just So it just makes sense that she, she sort of has a heel reputation in MMA, or at least she did. Like, when she had that match against, um, what's her name? Holly Holt or whatever, Holt. Like, Holly Holm. Holly Holm. Holly Holm, thank you. It was like, some people did want her to lose, and but they were... It wasn't like Charlotte where they just don't want to see her. I think people were like, oh, I want to see this girl get challenged. Yeah. Right. That's the Which way it's supposed to work. Heel. Yeah. You should be like, if you're a good heel, people do want to see you. Even if they don't like some people probably don't even want to see that person lose because they want to see them sort of fight another day. Or it's exciting to see that person win and then eventually get taken down by the strongest possible, you know, the strongest possible opponent. Um, hence the whole need of having Ronda and Becky in WrestleMania. Right. You have the best possible opponent fighting against Ronda, who is worthy of having... Right. I think Ronda's totally worthy of having a main event in WrestleMania. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, I, I like that that's who it was, and it wasn't, like, a match between... Even though Charlotte and Becky have this long, complicated friendship and rivalry, that wouldn't have been as exciting to me as a lay person. I... Yeah, I feel like, yeah, like, uh, when you're selling it as a layperson, that wouldn't probably have been exciting, but, like, the match itself would have been fucking amazing. <laughs> I do know that. If I, I yeah, if I was a fan, days. but I think for me, not knowing, I know Ronda Rousey, I know the name, and I do yeah. have a sense of her reputation, and I do have a sense that, I'm like, oh, it would have been the same thing in, in the WWE, like, they're not changing her entire personality to be like, oh, I'm... Just a nice farm girl. Like, they're not, you know, they were going to keep her, they brought her in for that reason. They brought in a complicated, maybe contentious public figure for a reason. It's, 
it's kind of almost analogous to the main event of the first WrestleMania where you have the pre-made feud of Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Roddy Piper. And because it's the main event of WrestleMania, they're like, well, we could get Mr. T to do it. So you have Hulk Hogan teaming with Mr. T oh. against, and also Hogan and Paul Orndorff had had a huge, super hot feud. So that could have been the main event yeah. as well. But they eschew those things that were like major wrestling storylines because they want the mainstream appeal of... Of anyone could sit down and watch this and have some understanding of why this is exciting. Correct. That might, I mean, yeah, might have been the reason that they wanted Rhonda to be involved in yeah. this. You know. At least in this case, Rhonda, it wasn't just a stunt. You know, Rhonda did a full year. She, yeah, she trained, she had a full run. She in there the last week. It does seem like she's committed to... And she was on fire as a heel. Like... There were there were some she did great in her first match, but then we're supposed to buy her as like in distress against Alexa Bliss, which did not work for me at all. It doesn't like people being in distress against Alexa Bliss never really worked. <laughs> no, especially like not that. a Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Who is super strong. Like the interesting thing with her that always interests me very much when I learned that she was joining this, I was like, Oh, so she she's like a real fighter. So before I got into watching wrestling with Matt, I knew that this part, like, I know that she's really punching people when she's in the MMA ring. That's not fake. That's not, oh, we're going to hit you and then I'm going to whisper in your ear and we're going to flip over. Like, they're actually out to, to cause damage and they can do things like Anderson Silva, like, pretty much losing his leg um, in the worst injury I've ever seen in like, watching anything live on TV. It's it's insane. Um, so when I saw this, I was like, oh, she's, like, I know she's going to have to train to do, like, to do wrestling moves and understand it and understand how that works, but it, I guess she's also going to have to, like, train down in a way and make sure that she's, like, not actually hitting the person that she's, like, going to punch or whatever because yeah. she, she can easily inflict that kind of harm and she also probably has to teach herself, like, oh, restrain it here or, like, flip this person over but don't flip them over too much. Right. So she's in a very interesting circumstance of learning how to wrestle where it's not her gaining strength. It's probably her, like, using her muscles in less of a way and I, I found that really interesting. Um, so, yeah, the idea of her going up against a wrestler that she could probably choke out with her bare hands. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's hard to sell that unless it's someone who's so, like, like Asuka is a beast. Yeah. Did Ronda and Asuka ever fight? I don't think they ever no. really interacted. No, because oh, uh, that would be a... on, uh, on SmackDown, so no. Oh, that would have been, like, see, that would have been a really fun, talented yeah. group of they women. They only interacted, like, when Ronda debuted at the Royal Rumble. Well, and oh, and during Becky's, during Becky's Invasion of Raw, also, they would have been oh, in the yeah, same yeah. ring. I would have liked to see Ronda, I mean, I know Ronda's stepping, it seems like she's, like, stepping back for a minute, but... I mean, she has a broken hand, too, so, like, she... Oh, she's, she's still... obviously, yeah, yeah, she and Travis are, like... Trying to start a family, but also, yeah, she has a broken hand. Yeah. If she comes back, which I would I would like to see her again, I would love to see her go up against the people that I've seen established as, like, real talents. Like, not, not just good at doing the character work, but real, like, fighters in the ring, like a Kyrie Sane or, like, an Io Shirai. Like, the people that Matt talks about with yeah. this reverence. Um, I would love to see that, because I, you know, I, I know that she's... She's a powerhouse. Her body can mm -hmm. do amazing things in a ring. So it's, 
I would like to see her tested in that way, and I, I would probably like to ask Matt to show me some more of Ronda's matches, because I really haven't seen many besides this. I mean, the obvious choice is Shayna Baszler, right? I mean, yeah, but Shayna's yeah. style is so different from Ronda's. Yeah, but... Or maybe Nikki Cross? I don't really like Nikki Cross's style, but she's tough. She's, yeah, very physical. Io Shirai would probably be my top pick for somebody that would do really interesting things with Ronda. Yeah, I know you think that she's like, like one, like maybe the best yeah. in terms of just actual, the physical movement and her abilities. And she's like fucking Dean Malenko. Oh. It's crazy. All right, you ready to uh, you All ready right. start this? I'm I am ready. So I have the I have the video queued up to the first frame of Charlotte's helicopter. We are watching the winner take all match from WrestleMania 35. Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. And we're going to start in 3, 2, 1, and go. My first time, like, watching this since seeing it live. Yeah, I definitely skimmed it, because we were here live, and we were seeing this live, and we were very, very tired. By this point, because this is already Monday morning. It was a, it was a great show, yeah. But it was so long. Triple H and Batista killed us. The it, that killed us. The show. My voice. I had no voice. <laughs> the show shot its emotional wad with the Kofi Kingston championship win, uh, and that happened halfway through the show. So, this was a very big ask to put, you know, to put this on this late in the show. I think it was just too much show, honestly. It was, it was a great show, though. It was a great show. But this, uh, at this point, we were all running on fumes. Yeah. Uh, I did want to... cold. <laughs> uh, Charlotte is, this, this fantastic jacket she's got here, this is a leather jacket with chains and also pearls on it. Which is a choice. It's her, it, this is her very Taylor Swift very reputation. Her trying to like, you know, Taylor Swift is harmless, but it's that projection of like, I'm really tough. So you've got but the pearls. The, Charlotte, I buy that she's tough. Yeah. Like, like, do you buy that she's like emotionally tough or just more physically capable? Of, physically tough, not emotionally. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, it's that same, it's the... I look at it and it's sort of like a you're blonde, how hard could life have been for you? <laughs> like yeah. it's that, you know, that bit of like, especially like you're wealthy, you yes. grew up comfortably. It uh, seems like she gets along with her father. It's not this like... Well, now she gets along with her father. Oh, did yeah. they not get along? Well, she probably well, didn't see him for the first 20 years of her Rick life. Flair's, yeah, Ric Flair's gimmick is not a gimmick. Yeah. He, he's the ultimate fuckboy. Yeah. So... Charlotte just chartered a private helicopter to take her to WrestleMania. And she put on a very Liberace-style fleefy cape with feathers. It's so yeah. Liberace. It's almost frozen, huh? Yeah, it... Yeah, this is... Ice enough. Queen, baby. I yeah. feel like she's maybe trying to call from a couple of different um, tough girl things here, like Elsa from Frozen, and maybe a little Taylor Swift's Reputation era... 
it does seem like maybe she or her costuming te whatever team would be responsible for picking out these kinds of outfits is um oh here's Most Joan Jett husband, here's yeah. Joan Jett being hot as shit Joan I Jett we've never seen Joan Jett perform live yeah it was one of my favorite it was truly one of my favorite parts of the entire night I never would have expected that I got to see her especially do this song you know right. This was really, I was so yeah. pleased. She looks fantastic. She sounded great. And this has to be, like, the number one of all WrestleMania live performances because the other ones were all, like, P.O.D. Like Rider or something. <laughs> yeah, yes, uh, give me the green light, okay? Saliva? I'm pretty oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, God. Didn't they do do one for, uh, for Batista? Yeah. One year. Oh, Randy. Uh, Dandy Randy's. Straight up oh, yeah. hello to Joan Jett's drummer in the black muscle tank. What it do. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's my look. And Rhonda comes out with her little mini kilt, which I'm obsessed yep. with. And she's got her cute little shoes. I yep. love her whole. And she gives Joan Jett the little nod. And, and then she's she like, mean on the way to the ring, yes. She's very, yeah. like, like, swinging arms all over the place. Like, she's like, cool I'm mad. Yeah, I so normally I don't love Rhonda's like braid action. I just I think it's too severe a look for her. I get that she has to be like, you know, somewhat practical with her hairstyling in the ring. Um but she looks cute. I like the little ponytail. I think it's she's doing like a fun mix of feminine and tough here. I like it a lot. She's coming in, she's lifting up the belt. Uh, who is that big? There's a guy waving a big face. I don't know. In the audience. That's a mystery. It's just a, a random African American gentleman. Let's uh, let's let's do a quick shout out to Greg. Tall, who is Greg? Tall Greg, who's the ring announcer here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tall Greg is enormous. It's the guy in the maroon colored suit. The guy in the maroon colored suit who looks suit. who looks like the mid the midpoint the exact midpoint between Ryan Stiles and Drew Carey. He really does. That's perfect. Something really interesting about Rhonda's outfit is it looks accessible. And I'm not sure if that's a deliberate choice, but it looks like something any girl at home could get and wear or might wear to the gym. Like, I kind of like that it's not Charlotte where the outfit screams like, I'm rich. Right. It's I not, come from money. It's not bedazzled. Rhonda just has like a little graphic tee bralette. Yeah, it's very practical. Yeah, I, I dig that. Um, because even though we know that Rhonda like has money. You know, she's not flaunting it. And meanwhile, Charlotte is literally walking out now with a giant cape. She's giving the I'm better than you, like, look. And she's spanning out her arms, twirling around in her cape. And I guess this is, like, what she does because she's always wearing, like, a big-ass cape. But yep. it's so opulent. I also I also like the giant, the giant diamond behind her name because she's doing a lot of Ric Flair callbacks. First of all, there's a very famous there's very famous footage of Ric Flair touching down in a helicopter. That, so this that, is a tribute. That was a tribute, and also one of Ric Flair's big and of course now walking down in front of the fireworks. He gets a ton of fireworks, and that's yeah, a reference. Pyro was so good at WrestleMania. It really was. It was really exciting mm -hmm. to have that, and also we had the like the helicopters flying over throughout the night, mm -hmm. and like yeah. that was all really cool. The the fireworks I think are probably a reference to. Ric Flair's retirement match against Shawn Michaels when he had the pyro in the background. Because it's a ton of fire. It's yeah. not just like, oh, we put out three. It's a yep. ton. And she's doing her her little yep. cartwheel flip. 
Um, oh. She's got little jewels in her hair. Yeah, she's definitely doing like an Elsa thing yep. here. And also the diamond in the in the entrance video, I think, is a reference to one of Ric Flair's best but least repeated catchphrases, which is, there's only one diamond in this yeah. business and you're looking at him. I love, okay, I love Charlotte, but like, she winks like Lucille Bluth. We need yes. to talk about that. <laughs> oh, no! Well, it's because she's had approximately as much plastic surgery as Lucille Bluth. Okay, so now <laughs> Becky's coming out, and of course, you know, me being at, the fashion commentary on this podcast, I love her outfit. She's ready to fight Joan Jett, honestly. Wait, what? <laughs> she's ready to fight Joan Jett. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she is. Oh, so she's she doesn't have fireworks. She's got, like, smoke. The smoke, out. which is... A callback. Cool. The smoke is a callback to the steampunk gimmick, right? It's steam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So I think that's a callback to her her original breakout performance in NXT. So Becky has on like a a blazer. It's like a leather blazer, which is interesting, um, with the yellow stripes down the side. But it sort of gives off this like. I'm a man getting down to business kind of look. It's almost also Kill Bill, right? It's like yeah. a reverse Kill Bill, yeah, which is kind of cool. I don't know if she's going for that, but I, I like it if she is. She's got the fishnets. Again, her look feels accessible. Well, I mean, the the Kill Bill would make sense because they tried to kill her, but they couldn't. Oh, there's is there something on the What does it say on the back of her? It probably says the probably man. Probably the trying man. To, yeah. yeah, figure out what it says. Or it could say Becky Lynch. Um Got a lot of people with, it seems like they printed out posters and gave them out. Like, it, they're all exactly the same. It's a small, like... Yeah, people will, will bring these kind of signs to, and right. then they'll hand them out to people in their section, yeah. Yeah, the it's Cesaro like 8 section, by yeah. 11. Yeah. You know, it's just like 8 by 11, it just says the man. Yep. And of course, immediately we have, we have Rhonda and Becky staring each other down, and Charlotte's in the other corner. Yeah, just it's like to, not even near them. Just to hammer home the fact that she's removed from the actual issue at hand here. So Becky has on like a long sleeve top with a little bit of like a keyhole on the top and shorts. So again, like practical covering up a little bit, like not, you know, doing like a tactile neck. Rhonda is wearing a skimpier outfit, but it's more for, I think like it's a practical outfit you can move around in. Charlotte's jugs are on display is it? in an outfit that's <laughs> resoundingly impractical. It does not look like bendy and flexible she's got it this looks like uncomfortable yeah it really does and she's got this piece and this seems like her trademark it's this sort of kerchief style point yeah like crop top and i'm like that doesn't look like it bends easily yeah that's i feel like that would get like driven into your gut also she has like a little window on um, her on her shirt which i think is actually like a sheer tight material it's instead like of a, just an actual window? It's like a, like illusion netting, which people use when they want to wear low-cut things, but they don't want like their breasts to be seen or, right, or but, movement to happen. But, but her breasts are out. It's under her breasts. It's in the little cutout. Yeah, but as I'm saying, like people do that so like if her boobs moved, you might not see something that you would see if there wasn't netting there. It's like, it's like a common thing with um, just like designer dresses and stuff. So... Yeah, it just, me watching this, I'm like, Charlotte just doesn't seem like she's ready to play in the same way that these two women are. They dressed more practically, they came in more seriously, they didn't come in with their arms out, and then doing, like, the let it go, strut <laughs> down those, you know, the center aisle, like, they're both, like, mean mugging and ready to go, and Charlotte's just like, 
But Charlotte does run first. She does run in first. But then she immediately backs out because you have Rhonda punching Becky in the she stomach. The gates, always. And Becky putting up, you know, defensive hands. Oh. <laughs> the slap to Rhonda. Oh! oh and Rhonda just kicked Becky out of the ring. Now she's kicking Charlotte, like, in the face. This is where I watch Rhonda. And Rhonda seems like has some kind of ankle brace on, too. So she's kicking with what might be her bad foot as well. Or no, it's like a shin brace. Oh, okay, now Rhonda's yeah. picking up Becky. Oh, yeah, because she, she even just talked about this in an interview, she actually cut herself when she kicked at that window in that cop car, because that was a real oh, window. Oh, shit, she oh. She had glass and shit all in her leg. Ooh, and it was real glass? Yeah. Oh, wow, see, I was literally watching it and thinking, like, oh, this must be sugar glass. Yeah. But I guess yeah, it's not. Yeah, she was trying to, like, spur the moment to, like, kick it, and that's, yeah. She oh, learned, that's so fun. She learned nothing from Bill Goldberg, I guess. That's true. So now Charlotte's finally like back in action. She's yeah. throwing Becky, oh, uh, showing Rhonda over her shoulder. Rhonda's always good for a ragdoll cell. She's like a Seth MacFarlane character. See, this is where watching Rhonda fight for me. This is where I'm impressed, not at her strength, but at her restraint. This is yes. like, for me. I'm like, she could kick this woman in the face so easily and like knock out her teeth or like break her cheekbone right. with with little effort. You know, the effort for her where I respect her talent is more that she knows just how close you get to someone's face, right. and then she has to use her mus her musculature, which she's not probably used to, to like stopping that movement. Right. It's the same kind of feeling we got when we watched that that match with Asuka and the Iconics. Where it's like... Asuka could easily just Yes, could just kick them. them into powder. Yeah. And she has to stop. That's what interests me. Um, more than someone... You know, I mean, granted, if someone's doing some kind of cool flip, it's whatever. But someone having to restrain. But it's like when you watch acting. Like, someone acting restraint is much more interesting than just them watching, like, crying. Yes. Someone trying not to cry is always, you know, indicative of more talent. So now we have... Charlotte and Becky in the ring, and they're Becky both and throwing down on their knees. So, they're so good together, which is why it's like... Oh! Ultimately, oh, that's awesome. This was ultimately so cool. Okay Rhonda, they bore, were both on one knee proposal style, and Rhonda just jumped up on Charlotte's knee to, like, kick Becky and Charlotte. Like, that was really cool. Like a two-person shining wizard. It was... That, what is that called? A shining wizard? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Japanese move. I so, it, was, it was. It looked really cool. It was fun and unexpected. And now Rhonda uh, yeah. has her her vagine buried in Charlotte's face. So this is where I freaked out because I thought we were going to get a PCO powerbomb to the floor. So you have Charlotte trying to step yeah. onto the ropes, and Rhonda. Oh, this is this was like it was like a Suge Knight dangle. That was over a, the I, ring. Now was I that, think Latoya will enjoy that one. You probably won't get it. Was that the so hand? Like, I don't, was that the that handbrake? That was the moment. Uh, it was actually around the time of Tables Are For Bitches. That's around the time it actually happened. Ooh, when look she, at that. Yeah. Oh. Now, oh. do we know when... That's when... Is that when Rhonda hurt her hand? That's this... not it. It's not, it's, that's not even it. I think maybe it like made it ready to be broken, though. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I, I only learned that she had broken her hand after... The, like the next day yeah and i yes. couldn't have pinpointed a time where it would have happened during the fight but now of course we're seeing it much more up close okay so charlotte has becky becky kicked out yeah. charlotte's we, not happy we missed charlotte and becky go for each other's finishers and get countered and that is i think still probably the best spot in the match that kick where where ronda falls to the floor now something that interesting it's gnarly 
Yeah, it's gnarly. I think something interesting that could have happened here is you could have had your main event, if you really still wanted to, I mean, granted, they did include Charlotte in this, but what would have been cool is if you had uh, Ronda and Becky in your main event, and then it seemed like Becky was really going to lose, um, which, you know, would have been exciting and not what anyone really expected. And then you had Charlotte come in having resolved their feud to, like, provide a brief distraction or try to help her in some way. And then you could have had Charlotte seem like, oh, like, she's being a good guy. We appreciate that she came in and helped. That might have been more effective than what she's doing now. Uh, Charlotte did a... Is that a moonsault? That was a moonsault. Good <gasps> eye. Look, I knew something. Um, and Becky's doing that thing she does where she's trying to, like, break the, someone's arm. The disarmer, the it's called. The disarmer. Disarm her. Oh, the disarm her. Oh, it's a little yep. gender. Becky loves puns. Becky she does. Loves puns. <laughs> and she loves quinoa. What? <laughs> and she loves not being open Ooh. pineapple cans. Yes. There was a... When Becky was like, kind of doing nothing... video, Jesus. For, during the period where Becky wasn't doing anything, she was, like, filming herself doing puns backstage. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. To... That's fun. Okay. I'm into it. And having a quinoa break and then having to do, like, a run-in to go save Charlotte. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was cool. So, Charlotte just flipped. Um, Rhonda and Becky were sort of on their, on their arms, like, on their arms and knees, and she sort of tackled them both from behind yes. and got them both down on their stomachs and then tried to pin each one and, and didn't get yeah. it for either, which looks bad for her because yeah. you had two of them down on yes. the faces and you could have that was the vin- she just effortlessly threw becky out of the ring that was the natural selection that's the move that she used to pin becky right before becky turned on her oh got it cool okay so a little bit of book ending there yeah so we, we've seen that becky has progressed beyond being oh my god She's Charlotte always Ronda looks like face. she's supposed to be Ooh. chopping her in the chest but it looks like she's getting her right in the throat This is part of the... Oh, yeah, that's oh, a chop to the face. face. Oh, Ronda just did some weird MMA. Like, she just sort of left. Yeah. Oh, she's, yeah, she's trying to do that. I think she's going for a shining triangle. It looked like she was trying to do that um, that move that Scarlett Johansson does in Iron Man 2, where she, like, yeah, grabs yeah, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. by the head with her legs and, like, yeah. brings him down to the ground. A, uh, that's him, right? Or is it some is is it someone else that she No, it's grab? him. It's him. And then... And she also does it to Happy, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say I think she I think Happy's yep. involved in it. Okay, so Becky's back in action. Okay, she's going for Rhonda now. Yep. A DDT. And, and she is, patiently waits for Charlotte to get to back get up, up so she could drop them both. Her. Oh now she's gonna Ooh. It it wasn't perfectly executed though. Okay. And now it's it's yeah, Becky's the way turn. That Charlotte took that bump, honestly. Yeah, she did a little somersault. Well, she's a gymnast. What do you expect? She should have spiked it. Like, yeah, she should have spiked it. So she should have, really yeah, d- gone for the, the Rob Van Dam, like, bounce. So I could have watched... I could have watched this for a lot longer. Like, it's not over yet, but it was truly not as long as I was expecting. You guys, like, when I was sitting there with... <laughs> we were so... Like, it was... Because the show was so fucking long. It's like, yeah. we have to go. We have to go home. Yeah, but I was expecting you guys had said... You know, I'd asked, like, oh, like, how long is the main event usually? And you guys are, like, 25 to 30 minutes. And I'm yeah. like, wow, that's really impressive. And then when it ended, I was like, what? Yeah. And I think they I might think have everyone was still, like... what? Like, even though we were all tired, it was still like, really? It's over? I mean, it's still going now. 
you know, you know that it's not going to end when, you know, Becky and Charlotte are in yeah. the ring. Like, there's no way that it's going to end that's a Charlotte... with Charlotte doing a pin or being pinned. Like, yeah. that's just not going to happen. Charlotte with a Ric Flair uh, corner flip there, and now being thrown off the top rope, another Ric Flair signature. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yep. Although, uh, Becky's going up top for a Bexploder instead of just, like, grabbing her by the neck and crotch and Ooh. throwing her to the ground like a lawn dart, which is how Rick always took that bump. One, two, and not quite yet. Is no, Becky wearing is... cleats? She's wearing, she, she looks like she's wearing like soccer shin guards. Yeah, I love her. Yeah, that seems, like, uh, that seems like an unfair advantage. That seems like maybe worse than Bob Orton having that cast. Like you could. That might have been, a, that might have been a nod to like hooligans. Like hooligans. Yeah. That would have been really, it would have been really cool for to head pin the ball right there. Yeah, so that was, uh, then Ronda now goes for a move on two of them at the same time. This has been a recurring theme in the match. Where and she's now, trying to do... She's trying to apply an armbar to both of them at the same time. It's it's a cool looking move. It's like a really, it's like a perfect photo. Like, if you're going to take a photo of this match, like, this might be one of the moments to get. Right, but... Oh, look, see, look at how strong Ronda is. Yeah, in kayfabe, this was a this was a dumb move to attempt. Though you're putting yourself in position to be power bombed repeatedly by two people at the same time. <laughs> and once again, Ooh, ow. that's a pin. They have uh, not to not no spoilers or anything, but right now they have held her shoulders down for about ten seconds longer than the pinfall that ends this match. The referee just didn't feel like counting it, I guess. Ronda's doing some fun acting. She's, like, talk, like talking to the ref or just, like, mouthing. I can't make out what she's saying, but she's just like, no, 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 help, help. We got an escape there. That, I think <laughs> when I watched that live, I was like, that's three. Like, it looked like three to me. Obviously, that wasn't going to be the yeah, way this match yeah, went, oh, but I was like, you could see You could see the damage on, on Ronda's leg there from the glass. Yeah. Yikes. God. And it looks nasty. I truly don't know how Rhonda doesn't have headaches with these braids. They're so <laughs> tiny. They're tiny braids. That shit hurts. I mean, you, Matt would not know, but like, no. you know, Even those that. times where people get, I don't think I've ever gotten my hair like braided in the Car Ooh. in the Caribbean, but like, that shit hurts. You know, they do these little tiny braids. This is what everyone comes here for. My opinions on braids. One, two, yeah. and, uh, and Uranagi gets Becky uh, thrown up the German three from Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> you, uh, you love Diane Kruger Matt. references, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. This you is... will appreciate, Matt. Um, in the season finale of Lucifer, one of the characters does a rock bottom on another character who is played by Shad Gaspard from Crime Time. Oh, yeah. AEW hopeful Shad Gaspard? Okay, so we have <laughs> Becky... Going uh, for the disarm her. Yes. And we know that from that time she invaded Raw, that Ronda, for some reason, can't figure out how to counter this. Even if Adam Pierce is there yelling. <laughs> okay, so well, Becky just Daddy totally is, uh, has Ronda. Do. <laughs> Ronda's able to roll out a little bit, but Becky's... It's very easy. Yeah. Did Becky just it, walk her over to grab the ropes? It's just kind of what it looked I mean, like. It's see, this clear, is clear. Obviously, like 
Becky is the one guiding the match. She's the ring general here. We all yeah. like we know this. Well, she does have ten years of experience. It's on just these two. weird that they would cut. They would zoom. You know, they've got a thousand cameras on this. It's just weird that they would be like, yeah. "Oh, let's always, show this clip." Show the, the absolute wrong angle. Yeah. Uh, a triple threat, no DQ. So that's why it does, it does seem like it's better to have the cheap seats for these kinds of events where you're not like. You can't see someone mouthing something to the other person, or you or, know, or hear John Cena loudly yelling during a match. Does I he mean, do I, that? I love John Cena yelling. John Cena is notorious for okay, no counter. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. He, his, he, he doesn't whisper to his opponents; he yells. Yes. everyone hears it. Well, yeah, he's he's also just got like a boot. You know, he's got like a national Charlotte boot with a like, Spanish Ooh. fly. That looks oh, really cool. Face, I don't even understand how it worked, though, from the way that. Uh, Becky was positioned on the ropes, but it worked. Every single <laughs> one of these pins has looked like a three count so far. Every single one of them has looked like an easy three yeah. count. Yeah. It's so, and the thing is, it when you're, it's so close up like that, you're like, yeah. okay, I, one, I two, three, out. and then they kick, and it's like, guys, like, j- you know, just then count slower. <laughs> I won't at how, like, uh, they did fuck up that Spanish fly. Really, it's like, that shouldn't work, but it's really, uh, it's really good. Yeah, Becky wasn't even on the top rope. She was on the middle yeah, rope. Was, yeah. So, like, there, she could have hit the ropes when she did the flip. She could have. Okay, so, Becky really, oh. ooh, Becky really likes this oh, arm oh, oh. move. Yeah, that's her, that's her signature move. Uh, Charlotte has a couple different moves that reliably win matches for her. She's got the spear, she's got the big boot, she's got the natural selection, she's got the figure eight leg lock. Oh, so the natural selection is part of her genetically superior yes. through line, which and also, is so strange. Also because Ric Flair was the nature boy, so. Okay, yeah, yeah I get that. And uh, going after that leg. Oh, oh that poor leg. Oh, God. God, that leg is fucking cut up. Which we were not able to see before, obviously. No, because she had the, the brace like, must have live. fallen off yeah. at some point. I thought it was maybe just bruised. I, yeah, I thought it was like, you know, um, Charlotte also has some kind of wrap around her yeah, ankle. So I, I scour the, the square circle Reddit. I'm not a Reddit person, but like I, I will like read that. And people wouldn't, because like, the interview came out about like how it was actual glass she went through. Uh, and it was like, people were like, she's lying, obviously, for attention, blah, 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 blah. Clearly it wasn't going to be real glass, but like, Look at her leg here. And it she's not even, glass. she's not even, like, selling this. Like, if she had come in and been, like, ripped the bandage off, been like, look what I'm doing for this sport. Like, it would be one thing. She right. didn't announce, like, she didn't yeah, show she it all. Yeah, talked about it in an interview months, like, later. Like, today was the interview. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. God, it looks because so, I mean, it, it I'm sure really it's bad. healed by like, now. She might have, like, a little scar or something, but... Yeah, and Becky is the one who has the injury, the specifically the leg injury narrative heading into this match. Uh, the Tiny Tim part of the storyline we didn't talk about. Tiny Tim. That, yeah, where, that where they cool. decided that Becky needed to be a physical underdog as well as like a political underdog. And here's Charlotte with the figure eight, Doing, which... Oh, that looks really cool. I still don't understand how that's... Oh, and Becky jumped right <laughs> on her in the middle of her God, doing a gymnastic bridge. Awesome, honestly. It really is. That was fun. Oh my God. I am literally just sitting here in pain looking at Rhonda's hair. It looks and so Charlotte, painful. Charlotte I've, is bleeding from the arm now, by the way. I have seen... Yeah, I, I still... I even asked them, oh. like, I don't know where that came from. That You know what? I bet it was... I bet it was Becky fucking kicking her with those cleats on that leg drop. Oh, it was the cleats? The cleats did it! <laughs> Rhonda's honestly... This, her whole body is bruised up, you can see. Yeah. They're, they're all fucking scratched up. Becky's lucky that she's covered up. 
Well, that's the that's the thing. It's like it seems really smart that she chose to wear a long sleeve top. Like she's got a little bit of protection, not only from bruising, but also like maybe depending on the material, if she's able to like have certain hits slide off of her because it's not skin to skin. Becky has said actually like. The reason she, you know, she wears, like, the long sleeve and everything, for your, like, or, like, her shirt wrestling, apparently she's, like, really self-conscious. It's like, girl, you're jacked. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like it, though. I like that, yeah, like, she's not... Yeah, it works not... for her, but also, like, body be banging. And yeah. Like, well, I mean, she shows her legs. It's like, she doesn't do, like, the Nia Jax, like, you know, where every single thing is covered. So uh, Becky right now is setting up a table yeah. that she dragged from under the ring. At this point, they lost me a little bit because tables are my least favorite foreign object yeah, we, in a wrestling we, we match. We bonded over that. Why is this happening? Like, it do, like, it didn't need to. Hasn't Charlotte got her kendo stick out. Yeah. It really, you really didn't need the table. So again, nothing me, wrong with a steel chair. Me as the lay person here, I don't think you need. Love tables for some reason, and it's. I don't think I, you I need any prop because these, well, I guess these women are starting to get tired, so they need, like, a flashy thing to do that's not going to hurt them too much. Right. But yeah. they're all so talented. I mean, you have, you know, you have Charlotte, who's got this gymnastic edge. You've got Rhonda, who's tough as shit and can punch any of these women, you know, their lights out. And you have Becky, who is a really confident wrestler, like, and their fighting styles are similar enough it's not like if you threw a nikki cross in here yeah it would be too chaotic their styles table work well bitches, together guys. yep table for bitches yeah yeah see that's the thing you don't need like a you don't need a prop you don't need a pair of pliers to rip out batista's nose ring yeah. in this, this this is the part of the ring of the match where i became very concerned because i felt like somebody was going to get impaled on this table, on the yes. table? Yeah, yeah they're really like it's not, this isn't tight. It's not like yeah. tight fighting. Like they're just, yeah. you're out of the ring now, now you're in, and now you're over yeah. here, now this you're over there. It's not rule, tight. This is rule one. Like That's a three in, count, I swear to God. In fucking ECW, you never saw Two. a table with the legs up. Like this is. That, yeah, that could have been really. Yeah, in, in promotions oh, where I, I've seen people I, fall on broken glass, I've never seen the legs of the table yeah. up like not this. Not only sure, could like, you. Also, I, so I do have it sound on slightly for this match. I yeah. just want to let you guys know that Charlotte screamed, God dang it. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, so God this, dang it. With this table, so now Charlotte is um, putting it against one of the corners of the ring. But not only could you get impaled on the the table, you know, the table legs, you could also just hit the metal bottom of the table, the framework, mm-hmm. hard. That could really hurt. Well, Rob Van Dam almost lost his eye because when the table broke, a shard of the oh, of the God. press board caught him under the eyelid. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. That's the thing. See, this is... I don't know. It just... I um, don't, there's a spear. I don't think it was needed and you could have really gotten hurt. One, two... two. Okay. She Again, got out of that one. I It just, every single one that Charlotte lands, it looks like a three count. It's like a two and three quarters. Yes. But now, I, can't, I, I did want to say, Charlotte saying, gosh dang it, shows you that she did not inherit everything from Rick. Is he like a potty mouth? She doesn't even say gosh. She said God, but then she says dang it. <laughs> God dang. Well, Ric Flair is like, God shit. Like, oh, okay. That's... God damn! Fuck! <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> 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 
So he'll he'll do the okay. He'll do the curse. So oh, Charlotte's got uh some cuts on her her thigh. It seems. I see blood on her thigh. Ooh, yeah, and they just everywhere. they put a dent in that uh, table. The dent. They put a real dent in that table. Yeah, and I'm I'm still struggling to see where. Uh, they may have had to. Because, um, so Rhonda was saying it was during a punching spot. It might have been when she was because I've seen like uh, the way she's been favoring the hands since she like did the punches in the corner to Becky. It might have just been that, or it might be what's coming up. Did here. she break like her hand or it's fingers? It's during, it's during a punching spot, so it's, I think it's it could be this. this actually. Well, she's punching right now. Yeah, it could be because I was. Oh, just... you know what I see? I see Becky sort of maybe slapping her hand a bit. Maybe it was like Becky hit her hand and bent it oh. back or something. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's de- it's definitely happened now. You could see her. Her, she's yeah. really trying to not. Yeah, and you could see it in her face. Yeah, it's definitely oh, fucking my broken. God. Yeah, so it was during that right there. Yep, and oh. then. We see the one, two, but her shoulders were, she was down for three seconds, but the referee counted three. This truly was so surprising to watch because it did not, it just didn't seem like it happened. And Rhonda reacting feels really genuine. She just had this look of like, what? It's over. And then Becky is also like, what the fuck? Did I just win? Like it didn't seem... It sort of ended on an anticlimactic move. Like, it wasn't, like, this big, beautiful moonsault kind of thing. And now Becky's, like, crying in the middle of the ring, and she won, and everyone's like... You, look at the... Con- you David can see Arquette the... has no reaction whatsoever, by the way. Yeah. Who uh, doesn't? David Arquette! He's right behind commentary! He has... He's stone-faced. He I didn't no see reaction. him. I saw one of the commentators looked really surprised. They had... That they, was, their mouth Well, that was, was Corey, Corey Graves. Corey was excited. Yeah. Corey Graves is currently on commentary are, asking if Rhonda's shoulders were down. There are people in the audience who are just like stone fit. They're just like, what? There's a guy in a green shirt just clapping, like silently. Just well, like, that's just yeah. what he does. He's one, he's one of those people who are always here. That's just his re- that's how he always reacts. It's just a weird thing. Like, you would think that this match would go in a way where it seems like there's a perilous moment. And then... Oh, I wonder... What? I wonder... If the fact that Rhonda gets her shoulder up is because Becky's knee is driving into her broken hand and it's just a spasm. Could be. Yeah. It's like involuntary. Yeah. But it, I think ultimately that adds to a story that I feel like Becky's journey to the top here is complete, but her story with Rhonda Rousey is not resolved. They haven't had their one-on-one blow-off. This was not a definitive win, so this is definitely setting up the possibility. It could very easily be channeled into... Like it works out that way, basically. Yeah. Yeah, Rhonda's like, you know, in a... You know, maybe maybe she's a kid. I know that's something that she's talked about publicly, like, wanting to do. She could easily come back and be like, you know what, you broke my hand. I had to step out for a number of months. Like, I started a family and now I'm ready to come back and kick your ass. And that's a really long-awaited... I don't know if it'd be the main event again at WrestleMania, but, like, it would be... It, it could, honestly. Yeah. It could be, at least in WrestleMania, people oh, would yeah. want to see that built up and see it happen again. I yeah. think people wanted it to be the one-on-one match in the first place, so it yeah. could definitely be the main event again. Yeah, it, and this is... If this is all it is, then it's an ending. And if we get a better ending down the line, even better. Yeah, 
I mean, it feels complete. It still feels anticlimactic. This felt too easy. We, I think, knew that she was gonna win. I think that it would have been... I think people would have been really displeased if Charlotte won, like very angry. And oh I, God, we would have rioted. And I think we that were... people didn't expect Rhonda to win because I think, you know, I, I mean, in a way, people expected it because expected Rhonda, Rhonda to win. Well, expected Rhonda to win because she's Rhonda, basically. I think that the it, WWE was like, okay, we need to give this to Becky Lynch because the audience is well, demanding it. Yeah, um, you remember at WrestleMania when. Matt and I were freaking out as everyone we wanted to win kept winning. Seth Rollins won, and then Kofi Kingston won. They were we nervous. Were really nervous. That you guys were nervous, or at least Matt was, that Kofi wouldn't win because people that he had wanted had been winning up until it then, was, and he's like, please don't let this be the one that they let the heel character win. Because, yeah, you had three from the titles, three people who are all, like, the fan favorites who are technically the underdogs in these situations, and... Because we know WWE, we are unfortunately addicted to this. We were like, "Oh no, some someone's gonna have to, to fall like, yeah. on the sword." Well, then, and then yeah, Steph it wins sense. immediately, and it's like, "Oh wow, what the fuck? What bad thing's gonna happen?" And then no bad thing happened besides like Triple H Batista, but like, <laughs> and you know what happened after the show where we were trapped outside like, WrestleMania in, in, in for a hellscape. Everyone, I did not. I will fully own that I was the heel of that experience. <laughs> but, I don't think you were the heel. Uh, and Jay Transit might have been the heel, yes. Yeah, I had just expected Becky to have this moment where one of them, it seemed like, really had her, and it never seemed like that, so this felt like more of a victory lap than a challenge, than a contest. Right. And I think that I think that's because Charlotte was there, if it was her and Rhonda. And if Rhonda had won, that would be a really shocking, interesting thing. Like, I kind of wouldn't have minded that. I know the fans would have been, minded. Yeah. The, it wouldn't, they the, wouldn't have, like, rampaged as much as if, like, uh, Charlotte had won. Right. Yeah, it would have been, like, a cool... I think it would have been, like, a cool heel victory that would have gotten people really motivated to turn on right. Raw the next night and be like, what are we going to do about this? Who's going to take her down? Right, that's what they did a couple years ago with Brock Lesnar, where they had been building up Roman Reigns as the guy to beat Brock, and he just didn't. And yeah, they, did people they like? Did it poorly. Yeah, they did it poorly, but they did that story very poorly. But but it kept people watching. You know, uh, no? no, really. Roman's like, I'm the only one who can beat Brock Lesnar, and they just keep kept not beating Brock Lesnar, and they kept making it the main event of shows, and uh, no one cared. People would just, like just leave the arena. Oh, so it had diminishing returns after yeah. Yeah, a while. The, okay, it, it was one of the many parts of the anti-Roman sentiment, basically. What now? What's interesting to me is that. There's two sort of models that they tried to use for Becky Lynch. One was Steve Austin, and the other was Daniel Bryan. Steve Austin as this sort of anti-authoritarian, I-won't-do-what-you-tell-me badass character, and Daniel Bryan in this sort of underdog, we, as a company, wink-wink, don't want to use this person on top, and you're making us do it against our will. And they were sort of using elements of both of those previous stories to craft this Becky Lynch narrative. And both of those stories ended with very definitive wins. I mean, Steve Austin defeated Shawn Michaels, and you had JR screaming, Stone Cold! Stone Cold! The Austin era has begun! And Daniel Bryan taps out Batista, and you have him standing there in the confetti, 80,000 people chanting yes along with him. And this didn't get that. It didn't get either one of those. Corbin is also just... 
how late it was. Yeah. Those, those shows did not go as late as that. No, they were and only like three hour shows or four hour shows or something. It's fascinating to me. I, I know I said it earlier on, but I just want to stress WWE caught lightning in a bottle. And then they opened up the bottle and they were like, you know what should go in this bottle with this lightning? A whole bunch of other shit that nobody wants. And then while they did that, they were like, oh man, we packed this bottle with like a worm and some sticks and some dirt and the lightning came out. That's so weird. That's silly. And as hard as this to say, I can't help but feel that they might have done some irreparable damage to, to Becky. I feel like because they they jerked her and the fan base around on this storyline, she might never be as hot as she was when she was coming into this WrestleMania season. Well, I don't think it would be because of this. I think the problem is they're really disservicing all of the women. The women are getting short matches again. It's, yeah, it's Post, really bad. I think that's the thing that's, that's going to hurt. Post-WrestleMania or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Post-WrestleMania so, has been a nightmare. They were just like, oh, we hit our quotient of feminism. We can go back to doing what we want to I'm do. I'm sure that's what Vince thinks. Yeah. Got I, it. Okay. There's been a lot of firing of writers. I had a friend who got hired on the writing staff and he lasted a month and a half. He wow. moved uh, from here to Stanford. Yeah. Like, like, he was in New York and he, like, he was working in Stanford, but like, yeah. So he, like, he's just moved back home. Oh my god, that's awful. And things are like creatively terrible right now in WWE. Um, do you think that the next WrestleMania would be like back to Roman Reigns? Like back to like his sort of... Because Matt said that Roman Reigns seems to be like Vince's like number one kind of performer at the moment. Um, with John Cena pivoting sort of out of being the most active in the WWE like do you think he's gonna just try to go back to that same kind of structure I think they are they're already I feel like they're not learning they were doing good things with Wormwood coming back but like they're they're so quick to be like let's just do the same thing again and now they won't boo him like no people are already starting to boo him again wow people were already booing him at Wrestlemania yeah and that match was like that match was again that was my hot dog match but um (laughs) They're going to start writing him the same way they wrote him before, which was the, the problem. And, like, but now, now people want to cheer him. It's like, no, don't do this. Don't make him the center of everything. Don't make the stupid wild card rule that Vince, like, mumbles his oh way through. Oh, my God. So, so like, Roman can be drafted to SmackDown and then all of a sudden show up on Raw every week anyway. And then not show up on SmackDown. So I know that Triple H and Stephanie are also, like, a big part of management, and they'll probably eventually take over, I'm guessing. But do you think that they have a better sense of what the audience would want to see? Like, do you think they'll deliver on that? Because Triple H's match sucked. That was the well, low yeah, point of my entire big, experience, so I'm wondering, you know, what the future a is. for why it would be better is NXT. That is Triple H's baby. Okay, yeah. yeah. The oh, yeah, I that. The developmental brand, that's Triple H. So Triple H's problem is that he can't be directly involved. But if he can if he can sort of make himself look good by making his baby look good, then that's fine. If he can make his legacy be this beautiful thing that he's built, fine. So you think he'd be He um, needs to step away from active competition. So you think he'd be best as like Do you think he'd be best as like an active CEO or like a rubber stamp CEO? I think he needs to be behind the scenes and not on television, very 
very active and developmental. And he can be on television as long as he's not wrestling. I don't like him as a character, though, because even when he's a character, he has to be the center of attention. I like NXT Dad Triple H. Yeah, NXT character. Dad Triple H is not bad, but when he's on the main I roster, say... he has to be super cool, super badass, I'm going to intimidate all the 30-year-old wrestlers <laughs> Triple the H. The best thing they did recently with him on screen, which is like, but the, the, it changed because they're like, oh wait, no, the McMahons are evil again, after we're the authority or whatever, is when he tells Seth he's proud of him, basically, for getting like the WrestleMania match against Brock, you know, and he's sports, and, and like, it was actually like a genuine thing, because... He is one of Seth's biggest supporters. He's the one who told Seth basically in developmental, stop being like uh, an entitled asshole because you will get fired. Mm. Because Seth Rollins realized how good he was and he didn't want to be like in city developmental because it's like pre-NXT developmental. Yeah, it was, like, okay. They had like a really shitty venue in Tampa, FCW. And it's just like he was, Seth was like, I, I need to be on the main roster pretty much. He, like he, in a way, knew his work, but in another way, he was just being like a little prick about it. There wasn't... Set him aside because it was one of those things where he wasn't like a golden child that like people wanted him yeah. and there enough that like he could get away with that. He wanted change, but he didn't have the idea of how to get there. Yeah, I love yeah. NXT for that reason. I think it's I think it's a really cool idea. I like we went to the NXT uh, takeover in Brooklyn, and like I had I had a lot of fun with that. I I probably enjoyed that more than WrestleMania because it. it there is a little bit more. Yeah. I don't want to say originality. It's like and it's no less. Filler. It's less mainstream. It's a little more of the indie approach. I think that's something that Matt enjoys about it. That it's there's maybe a little more freedom, a little more free reign for it's, people to like try something out. It's very pro wrestling in a way that WWE wants to be pro wrestling and a million other things. And NXT is like we are pro wrestling. These people are doing pro wrestling. It's not. Like, we're not doing product placement or, or right. this or that. It really is just sort of building the craft, seeing what works, really and dedicating to the performer. Yes. But, yeah, I, I've and enjoyed that. NXT doesn't always have great music. A lot of it is very much, like, Corey Graves. Stop, stop letting Corey Graves pick music. Um, <laughs> but they at least have, like, better, usually, music than the main roster. Like, Billie Eilish, she was one of, like, the themes for TakeOver. I'm like, oh, wow. Real quick. We, we should probably wrap this up, but before we do, I want to talk about that Mandy Moore music video that has <laughs> Chuck Liddell in it, and he has he has toenail paint on. He has um, toenail paint? Yes. Polish. It is paint. Toenail paint. <laughs> I'm like looking, I'm picturing him now going to Home Depot and just getting like a can of like bare paint. That's, a, that's what know. Chuck Liddell would do. You think Chuck Liddell is going to Ulta? I don't know why Chuck know Liddell a had... heterosexual man. They get actual paint for their nails. They probably, like... Mandy Moore was probably like, I want to do some, like, subversive gender commentary here. And she just made a thoughtful choice to ask him. It was, like, black nail polish, too. I, think. I don't think it was, like, pink. Or, you know what it could have been? He could have had, like, a really disgusting, like, toenail situation. Oh, all of his toenails were broken, and that they were all just filled with blood. That's what... Yeah, it wasn't paint. <laughs> I'm wondering. I'm truly wondering if he just has like bad feet, and they were like, "We could either we need to have him not wear shoes because he's playing like a karate instructor here. So maybe if we just paint his toenails, it'll hide that he has like the gross athlete's foot like toenails." Because I have to imagine that these wrestlers like they're just like sweating into these shoes all day. They probably like ballerinas. Like they probably just have fucked up feet. But Chuck Liddell. 
It's a, he's an MMA guy. He doesn't wear shoes. Yeah, which for him on. means he probably has worse feet. <laughs> so Chuck Liddell has nasty, diseased feet, and Mandy Moore shows up in a in a little trench coat, and Wait, she's, she's like, like, "This is the music video for I Could Break Your Heart Any Day." Oh yeah, yes. the, and she's the like, bop. and she's like the Amanda co- Lee bop. She's coquettishly watching these people in in their their karate preparations as they're this is as post Wild Hope World. She, she like. Chuck Liddell comes over and just, like, waves and smiles at her, and she gives him, like, a come-hither look, and he's like, oh, this nice lady who's observing my karate class, it wants me to come over, maybe she wants to sign up. And then he walks over to her, she grabs him by the gi, and just knees him him in the the dick, just, like, fucking straight up mashes his dick. It's great. And then he crumples to the ground. It's a weird moment. And then she, like, smirks, and we're like, oh, you go, girl. What are you doing? It's like a David Lynch production. He's a small business owner. (laughs) It feels like a David Lynch production in some fashion. It's a fascinating music video, and I'm glad we watched it before WrestleMania. Uh, uh, my food is actually going to be here soon, so we have to wrap this up. Okay, we okay. got to wrap this up. What is your long... wrestling Hold character? On. I want to thank my guests. I want to thank Corinne Dodenhoff for designing my logo. I want to thank the Novas for the use of my theme song, The Crusher. I would like to, on my knees, supplicate you, dear listener, please <laughs> like, rate, review, and subscribe, and comment on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Visit me at ihwpod.com. Follow me on Twitter at IHWPod. Also, follow my personal Twitter account where I have non wrestling related jokes at Dr. of Fisticuffs. Also, follow me on Instagram at I Hate Wrestling. I want to thank my guest, Latoya, and I want to give her a chance to plug. Plug, plug, plug. Okay, Latoya, plug. Okay, you can follow me on Twitter at LaFert, and you can buy my book, An Encyclopedia of Women's Wrestling, wherever books are sold. It's fantastic. It's great. And what is your wrestling character? Let's see. This time, so it's going to be inspired by Mandy Moore from the yes. <laughs> I Can Break Your Heart Any Yes! She's an ass kicker. I love it. Can I plug something, Matt? Plug! Um, no. Plug, please no! plug! I'm sorry I'm not verified online. Um, I would like to plug Speechless. On ABC, it was just canceled, which is very sad. Uh, if you have Hulu or ABC.com, go watch it. It's an amazing, amazing show with Cedric Yarbrough and John Ross Bowie and Minnie Driver. It has a good ending that works for a series finale. It really it does. It's a fantastic oh. show. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Tara G and Caspro. You can follow me on Instagram at, at Tara G. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You can follow me on Twitter because you don't. <laughs> I just went public for the first time in a number of months, <laughs> so I can finally, like, tell people what my Twitter username is. Okay. I know what mine's gonna be. What's it gonna be? Mine is going to be that crow today that landed <laughs> on and rode an eagle. I don't know if you saw this. It's amazing. Someone captured a photo of a crow flying and landing on a large, bald American eagle and then riding it. And it, Large that's... bald American eagle starring Michael Ian Black. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm the little crow. <laughs> so that's my wrestling character. I'm the crow that took a ride. And Bradley on an Cooper eagle. as Vince McMahon. Oh. Muppet Show. Uh,
funny to just have the Muppets like take over the WWE for a week in a Muppets ABC TV show style sort of like mockumentary where Miss Piggy just gets really into like Cesaro or something and Kermit's oh, yeah. like kind of jealous about it and then like you know Camilla hey, Tony, can I talk to you for a second <laughs> and then you write the spec. <laughs> 